What's up, fight fan? You are listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Sunday, December 20th, 2020. This week's episode, Twas the Podcast Before Christmas. We'll be talking about the final UFC event of the year, UFC Vegas 17, the main event between Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Jeff Neal, the co-main event, the very fun bantamweight scrap between Jose Aldo and Marlon Chito Vera. We'll talk about the latest in MMA news, specifically some YouTubers trying to make the jump over to the cage. And of course, we'll finish it off with our annual segment, Holiday Gifts for Your Favorite Fighters. What's up, guys? My name is Gabriel, and I am joined by my co-host, Natalie Zamudio. Hello, Double G. Oh, boy. Are you excited for Christmas or has 2020 and this year, are you just more excited about the year being over? How are you feeling right now? You know what? If I'm being honest, as I've gotten older, I feel like I kind of just try to fall into a routine. So like I kind of make it a point by the time I get to Christmas, I need to have worked all of my favorite holiday movies into my, you know, just schedule somehow, somewhere, you know. Like I tried to, I got through a little one of the made-for-TV ones early this morning before work and stuff. So, you know, it's like okay, wake up and then it's on while I'm getting a bite to eat and getting myself ready and then, you know, finish it when I get home. So I'm doing little stuff like that. What about you? Well, are you hold on, hold on? Are you popping like a VHS tape into a VCR or like what made-for-TV movie are you talking about? No, on demand. On oh, demand, okay. yeah. Like <laughs> I like those old ABC Family, now Freeform, you know. Freeform, but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they have a cool. lot of. Okay, are you gonna tell us what movie it is? Or are you like? Nope. Uh... <laughs> no. Okay. Well, you uh, could probably me... guess. <laughs> no. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. I'll I'll let you I'll let you get off on that one. Uh, for me, it's different because this is the first time I have a a son, a child, and so it's like. The pressure to try and make it feel like Christmas or so playing lots of Christmas music, but also not being able to have anything close to resembling a normal Christmas because of COVID. So mostly just playing a lot of Christmas music while, you know, I feed I feed my boy Joe his breakfast or his lunch. And um, just right now, I was like, I don't have any Christmas decorations up. So I found an old stocking that I had somewhere. I put it up. I ordered a Merry Christmas sign on Amazon. My husband said it's kind of late, but I'm doing it anyway. And that's about it. <laughs> Has he ever gotten a picture with Santa? Because he would have been a very, very small baby last year. He and obviously this year he wouldn't. Fresh, too fresh to go out for Santa. This year there's no Santa, but, um, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's still there. He'll still make it. Okay, I read the funniest yeah, thing. that. It was hilarious, but it was cruel. They said, are we allowed to leave uh, milk and cookies for Santa or is that considered indoor dining this year? Oh, and I was bird. like, that is <laughs> that is not funny, but it is. <laughs> We're going to have to leave those cookies outside. <laughs> uh, Natalie, we have a very, very silly show, as you guys could tell. Very fun show, though. Um, the last UFC event of 2020... We, if I'm not mistaken, we have not had a week off since the week before the first fight island, the week before Usman and Masvidal. That was the last time there was not a UFC event in 2020 on a Saturday. How does that even feel right now? 
it's weird. Like it, when they kept saying in the broadcast yesterday, like this is the last one of the year. I was like, what? This year has been so weird that it's like, I know the year's almost over, but it doesn't, it's not even going to make sense when like, you know, the New Year's Eve shows come on the TV and we do the countdown because it wasn't a real year, man. We were just floating through, you know, the time and space, like, like trapped in, trapped in jello or something, you know, we could see the world, the life we're supposed to live, but we can't quite get there. It's just, nothing's the same. I'm not complaining. It's just how it felt for me. I I think to me, um, I'll be honest, and I feel this way about a lot of stuff, not just MMA, is that, you know, like this part of the year, especially where everybody now is officially on like a holiday vacation, you kind of want your time to just like do your other stuff and enjoy it. But then it's like, well, my favorite shows on TV are not on right now. Uh, the favorite places to go are closed because those people are also on vacation right now. So it's like, you know, it, it's always been an awkward time. You know, you kind of just get a little more downtime, which if I'm being quite blunt about it, I've kind of gotten enough of in 2020. So, um, yeah, it, it's a weird feeling. Uh, I will say this is that those three weeks are going to feel like they went by in a flash. The second we're talking about Connor and Poirier touching down on the island. Um, so... You know, it's just like, ah, it's a little weird that it's like, oh, you know, we're really not going to have anything. But, you know, like, I think as we've all figured out, it goes by very quick in the MMA world. And I'll say this, you know, people are worried about three weeks. I remember there was like a six week stretch where there was like no UFC, maybe two Bellators and one Invicta and people lost it. And I was like, guys, it's it's fine. How about when we had no sports period and we were like, you know, watching MMA movies on Netflix and talking about them. (laughs) Yes. Or I made you watch that movie that had five minutes of MMA in it. I mean, let's not talk about that, but it was an okay movie. Joe Schilling was in it. I mean, Cowboy did kick some butt in jail. Yeah. And he kicked some butt tonight at Submission Underground, by the way. Oh, I, I haven't seen that. Okay. Yeah, he got RDA twice. Very controversial, oh. but um, no, it, you know, yeah, it's just weird to be at the end of the year. It's like ah, you know. But like I said, it'll pick back up before we know it. Um, I think we spent enough time uh, dragging our feet. Let's talk about this very fun main event: Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, Jeff Neal. Um, we said last week. I know Natalie, you were out, but essentially, it was a bit of a crossroads fight. Wonder Boy with a win. He's right in the mix. He's right there. He's a potentially exciting title challenger for Kamaru Usman, in my opinion. But if you lose to Jeff Neal, you know, suddenly we're talking about his age and we're talking about, well, you know, who's ahead of him. And we're talking about Jorge, Colby, Hamza, Leon Edwards, Jeff Neal now, you know, it, it would have, um, Gilbert Burns, it would have been bad. Um, and Jeff Neal, of course, he would leap into the title picture. Um, he was very tough. I think that um, I was most impressed with how many shots he ate. He was never out of the fight. And he'd have those late surges where he'd catch Wonder Boy with a clean shot. And if you watch the highlights, if you broke it down, you know that Jeff Neal is a guy who can put you down and really hurt you with one punch. So I was very impressed with the toughness on both men. They both left bloodied up, bruised up, a little bit cut. Um, 
But in the end of the day, Wonder Boy's control of the distance and the timing, his counter-striking, it was just too much for Jeff. And he held on even late in the fight where it seemed like he had hurt his leg a little bit from the kicks. And so, very impressed by the toughness. But ultimately, you just were reminded that Wonder Boy is still a big threat to anybody on any night at 170 pounds. Yeah, it was beautiful to watch, man. Yeah, I love me some Wonder Boy. He was gone for a year because he had he broke his hands fight beating uh, Vicente Luque, so he had to recover plus COVID and all. You know, just makes everything more complicated. You mentioned his age and how if he were to have lost to Jeff Neal, that would have been part of the conversation. But you can still keep it in the conversation now, even though he won, and say how amazing does he look at 38? This is incredible. Got to be the best counter striker, one of the best in the UFC. I would with you know I would put him up there with Valentina Shevchenko. There's probably others I can't think of, but to me he looked so incredible yesterday, so fast, so elusive. This being said, it right, his footwork is sublime. It's just like you know Nightcrawler from X Men, how he like vanishes, you know he's here, and then he like transports himself from one spot to another. It's kind of like that, like he's he's in front of you and then he's out. I mean, it just happens over and over again. And he's done the drills so much with his dad that it's just beyond second nature for him. So really thrilled to see him back, to see him looking great, sharp, sending a message to everyone above and below him in the rankings. I'm ready to play. Let's go, baby, like he says. Um, what I found most interesting was that you know his speed is still there. But if you look at him, he's basically still fighting the same way, right? Wonder Boy is, is still Wonder Boy. So what is it that, why is it that people still can't break that code? I don't know, because he's like the same unpredictable fighter, but it's the same guy. And not that he's not evolving, but it's, I don't know how to put my finger on it. Because he's basically still doing the same things. Am I wrong, or is this is this just uh, me you're you know, not, not seeing things right? You're not wrong. I think that it's actually some subtle. His, his timing, if anything, I think he's perfected it even more at the higher level. Um, I don't know if he was training, for example, with Chris Weidman when he was first on a roll. Um, we do know that they are... I forget exactly. Like, not bro- brothers-in-law or cousins, something like that. Steven... Steven's brother married Chris Weidman's sister. Yeah. I understand that right? The brother's married to the sister of Weidman? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, put it this way. I don't know if he was necessarily training with as many of those guys earlier in his career. He was still a fantastic kickboxer and obviously, you know, doing work. But I would imagine that over time, he's just gotten a little bit better at figuring how to use his style against some of those guys the bigger grapplers and, you know, guys with a little more pop behind them and maybe more athleticism than he was used to early in the his UFC career. So I think that that's what you're seeing. It's not necessarily that he's, you know, suddenly a more conventional striker. I think he's just figured out the little nuances that maybe don't make it to Joe Rogan or Daniel Cormier's commentary. You get what I mean? Yeah, I hear you, man. Sounds good to me. He, I mean, he looked great, right? Like, are you... Are you looking at Wonder Boy and thinking, "Damn, I didn't think you were gonna make that that trip back around the, uh, you know, back around the sun into title contention or back around, yeah, uh, back admit, into title contention?" I, I was very worried. I yeah. was very worried because Jeff Neal, um, and I think you saw why he was in that main event. He was a very tough guy. You watch his look; he's slept several just bangers, like 
Mike Perry, Nico Price. I mean, you don't just go out there and put those guys down. I mean, come on. So he showed he deserved to be in there with Wonder Boy. It just, um, he, look, he lost to a better fighter, but I don't think there was ever a time where I felt like he was broken. So that's just the story of the fight. And Jeff Neal's a guy who may make it back up there again. So I want to give that full credit. In terms of Thompson now, He's in a great spot, and I'll be honest, this, and I believe we discussed it, there's now a very, very clear bottleneck going on in the welterweight division, because to our understanding, Gilbert Burns is still expected to fight Kamaru Usman. We do have Jorge Masvidal, Colby Covington. I'm going to just say it again. I do believe they are working out the numbers to make those guys the coaches of tough in the new year. And I'll even say this, I believe that my prediction, they're going to do it similar to Stipe and DC. They're coaching early in the year, but their fight isn't until like July, which I don't like because that's a long layoff for both of them. But I just think that that's what's going to happen. Then you say you, Colby and Jorge? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Then you got Leon Edwards and Hamza Shemaev. People feel like, you know, if Leon wins... If Hamza wins, either of those guys, if anything happens, are going to get a title shot, obviously. Um, so for Wonder Boy, usually I would say that, um, look, he's a great opponent for Kamaru. He's a new face. He'd be a great challenge, in my opinion. But the way it's geared right now, I actually feel like he would fight Jorge or Colby, the winner of them, sometime in the middle of next year. But as they keep seeming to push back Jorge and Colby, I really don't know what's going to happen. Because, dare I say it, if Leon Edwards were to beat Hamzat, I really don't want to think about... Are you telling me Leon still has to fight Wonder Boy before he gets a title shot? And then Hamzat Shemaev, that's another just like a swing if he beats Leon Edwards. And what do they plan to do with him next? It's just very complicated. And, you know, that's depending... Does Gilbert Burns and Kamaru, do they fight early 2020? I've heard rumors that they're talking February, but none of that is confirmed. So it's a, my point is that it is a very, very weird situation that they got at welterweight. You get what I mean? Yeah, things are getting complicated at, at 170, right? Um, and, and yeah, Leon Edwards, if he beats Hamzat, he's, Leon's ranked number three. It wouldn't be fair for him to beat the 15th ranked fighter and then have to fight the number five ranked fighter, right? So, which is where Steven is right now. Uh, so it does get a little tricky for Wonder Boy. We don't want him to sit on the shelf after having coming after having been on there for a year already. So the likelihood is that either he has to say yes to a short notice fight uh, with one of these guys that you've mentioned uh, already have a fight coming up, or he has to fight someone below him um, again. And just keep waiting. So it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, how do you say he's going to have some waiting to do and some tough decisions to make. It's not going to be an easy 2021 if things shake out the way they're sort of scheduled or expected to shake out with the fighters around him in the, uh, in the top, top six there. Yeah, I will say this. I think he's done a good job on his end of being the NMF to Jorge's BMF. I think that that was, <laughs> yep. he is, look, Stephen Thompson is a very smart guy. He knows exactly what he's doing when he's pushing the nice guy angle. And, um, you know, 
look, if anything happens with the Jorge Colby, if one of them starts to make negotiations difficult, you jump in there, you get on, whether it's Dana, Mick Maynard, whichever one of those guys, and tell them, look, you don't, you could pay me, you know, we don't have to negotiate. You just need to give me the fight and I'm in. Coach Tough, I'm in. So I think that he needs to be very proactive because I think that that's what's going to propel him to a title shot if he's going to get there in 2021. Um, but yeah, my thing is just Jorge and Colby. We know that's good television. We know that the fight, you know, it's one of the few non-title fights that can carry a pay-per-view. We know all this. So I understand everyone wants to get paid, but... Once again, we've seen that's a very dangerous game to play, especially in a division where things are really moving along at welterweight. So, um, My hope, though, is that considering that Kamaru's already beaten Jorge and Colby, they'll be able to do a situation, Kamaru fights Gilbert early 2020, fight likely the winner of Leon and Hamzat, 2020 sorry 2021 and then early 2022 he's fighting the winner of whoever Stephen Thompson fights late 2021 I know that's a lot of numbers didn't it (laughs) my point is Jorge and Colby fight next year sometime Stephen Thompson fights the winner of that one by that point everything else has worked out that Kamaru fights the winner of Stephen Thompson versus A or B yeah, okay, okay. Did, was that, did I fix it? You fixed it. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. I realized, like, I, I screwed that up and I said the wrong thing too many times. <laughs> All right. But, but yeah, that, um, makes sense. Yeah, so everyone kind of gets in. The only one who's really waiting potentially is Steven. And I would suggest that he stays ready in February just in case um, Komaru Gilbert needs a dance partner. So. Yeah, I think so for sure. That's probably the most likely scenario. That's the earliest he'll he'll fight. That's the earliest he can fight. That's perfect. If that one of those falls out. Yeah, that's our perfect scenario. I believe it'll come to fruition though. Um, okay. let's move on real quick. Uh, Chito Vera versus Jose Aldo. You know what? Look, I know we got so many good five rounders to choose from this year. That was a dang good fifteen minute scrap. Like, they really brought it. I'll, I'll be honest. I think that that's what we expected from Michel Pereira and Chaos Williams earlier in the night. But Jose and Chito, they put on a pace. I was very impressed with Chito's um, just, uh, I guess, just durability out there because he was eating some stuff from Aldo. And I said this, I know you weren't here, but last week I was like, the 15 minutes, that favors Jose. I mean, that fight with Pewter Yawn, it's because he kind of... ran out of firepower with another train down the stretch against Mm -hmm. Chito. He was able to really step on the gas and know that he had plenty of time. So I was very impressed. He used his full arsenal and we've already said it. Jose Aldo using all his weapons. That is a tough guy for anybody to take out. I don't care who you are. So I was just very impressed with both of them. Chito made it tough. He got his punches in, but Ultimately, that was too much from Jose Aldo in the first two. And in the third round, he, um, you know, he had the back the whole time. I thought you could give that a 10-8. But the fact is, he dominated in the last round. And he really stole the fight there. Yeah, he really did. I, I would have 
given that a 10 as well. Jose Aldo, leg kicks, those body shots. We've seen it, you know, cripple Hinato Moicano, Jeremy Stevens. Shido Vera stayed, stayed upright, and he took a lot of them in succession, close succession, so so good for him. Um, yeah, it was a great fight. Jose Aldo looked, looked fantastic, though. He looked impressive and exactly right about Purion. I think the commentators mentioned it, too. Like, he looked so good against Purion at the beginning. I was like, oh, man, he's going to win. And then he just couldn't keep it going. He kept it going here because he had he had the out after three after the, the third round. Um, but but come on, man, the most memorable moment. I think you know where I'm going with this, Mr. Cheeto Vera, as he was being held down with that body lock, or the body triangle, I should say. Uh, a special hand gestures that he was using to uh, <laughs> to let us know that he wasn't pleased with uh, Jose Aldo's strategy. Um, yeah, we've seen a couple other fighters do that. I think it was a Bellator fight. I can't remember who who it was that started like talking, uh, complaining as he was being held down by somebody else. Um, you know, it gets frustrating because you want to scrap, but like, hey, if you could get out of that position, you would, right? And if you can't, then you're left with the hand gesture. So uh, that was kind of memorable for me. But but great performance by uh, by Jose Aldo for sure. I think the Brandon Fitzgerald, or it might have been Bisping who said it. It was like. I know he's frustrated, but, you know, Jose Aldo put him there. It's now on you to get out of it. And, yeah, man. You know, and in terms of hand gestures in the cage, no one's ever going to beat Nate Diaz two, <laughs> two birds while he's got you in a triangle with just his legs. Come on. That's true. No one's gonna <laughs> I mean, that. yeah, th- that's that's just classic. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you there. Those reminiscent once again the old jose aldo i brought it up and you know he he did say that he didn't win but he was very proud of his fight with pewter yawn and he thought he fought well and um yeah i think that you know he said it he's like look i i don't think i'm out of the title hunt yet i do think that those fights are still very relevant for me at this stage of the game and i gotta say after that fight he did his part um, he called out a great opponent in uh, TJ Dillashaw, uh, which I think was a great move, especially when you consider that Dominic Cruz is going to be fighting uh, Casey Kenny. Um, Corey Sanhagen, I think, is fighting uh, Frankie Edgar. So, you know, in terms of the obvious suspects who aren't booked, I think that that's a great fight for um, Jose, especially the way he's been looking in 2020, all things considered. So um, we know... TJ comes back in January. I don't know about you, but personally, sign me up. I'm ready for it. Yeah, man, that's a perfect call out. Perfect call out. And the UFC would be cuckoo not to make that fight. Poster, you got two big names, two former champions, a lot of history with both of them. Highlight reels for days. Like, let's go. I'm excited. Yeah. Now, um, good stuff. Uh, Rob Font. Uh, shocks Marlon Moraes. That one was a surprising one. Yeah. Anthony Pettis, now a free agent. Um, 10 years since the Showtime kick. I'm not going to lie. My knees just hurt when I hear that. Like, my back gets tight. Like, when I think... Because I do distinctly remember sitting down. I was... uh, It was like uh, Christmas vacation from my first year in college. And um, legit just... Like, I love Benson Henderson. He's one of my all-time favorites. And obviously, I wanted him to win that one. Get the UFC title shot. And then... Anthony gets up there it's a great fight and he jumps off the cage and I'm like dude and then I realize it's like oh gosh it's been 10 years since that (laughs) you know like 
and then suddenly it's like ah my back you know? <laughs> so um uh, real quick does anthony pettis stay in the ufc no i don't think so really yeah i really don't think so the ufc is making some hard decisions right they're in that they're in that period of their of their business right now yoel romero perfect example Anthony Pettis is another big name that's probably not going to get a title shot, but is still kind of making that near title shot money. Um, I, I don't think they're going to keep him. Like he's he can only do so much for them now as far as like draw, and he's already done a lot. Like they've already paired him up with a lot of great big names, Wonder Boy, Nate Diaz, like. You know, just recently, and so I don't think I don't think they're gonna keep. Him. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna give him what he wants. And I think he'll end up at Bellator. Like Bellator is doing some has some cool stuff right now. That light heavyweight division is looking pretty serious. Or yeah, it's light heavyweight. Yeah. Yep. So I think he's going. I think he's going to Bellator. You think he's staying at UFC? You know what? So we had this conversation a bit last week with uh, talking about Romero and Rumble. Um, one of the things I found interesting is they talked to Yoel Romero, Ariel Helwani. Or let me just rephrase that. Ariel Helwani listened to Yoel. He didn't do much <laughs> talking, which is completely fine. Sometimes you're... I was in that situation with Tony Ferguson, if you guys heard that the other week. Um, you know, I think I got in seven words, and I think Tony, if I'm not mistaken, they said he talked to me for ten minutes. Um, yeah, he had a lot to say. Um, but uh, the thing about Romero, he said that when he was talking to UFC... He was looking to fight the winner of Tashira and Santos at 205. He was looking to fight Anthony Smith at 205. And they were coming back to him with Johnny Walker. And so, you know, he was kind of trying to be like, no, I'm trying to get back to the title fights and, you know, fight somebody and then fight Adesanya again because it was a close fight. And I bring that up because I think that at this stage, you kind of feel like Pettis has had a couple tries to kind of, you know, get back in the picture, right? And he's doing great right now. I think that if you're UFC and you're Pettis, you got to ask, do you still see Pettis making it back to the top? And if not, do you feel, you know, are Pettis and the UFC okay with the fact that it's like, look, if you're going to get there, the fact is we're going to be putting you against a couple of smaller names. Because, you know, they kind of felt feel like, look, you had the Diaz fight, um, the Diego Ferreira fight, you know, it's like you've had a few tries to kind of get yourself back to your belt, right? So mm-hmm. I think that's the thing is that he's a great draw. He's very popular. If you re-sign him, do you see him fighting those top five guys or do you see him, you know, six through ten? And I do think the UFC sees him at six through ten right now. If he beats Tony Ferguson, like he's saying, and he maybe beats another guy... Then we'll start talking about it, but put it this way, I don't see him being Michael Chandler's opponent next month, if that's what they're looking for, if he's looking for that kind of fight. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, you know, that's when the big price tags, it's like, well, do you fit in UFC's plan at this point for that money? So, um, I will say this, lightweight for Bellator... When you think about who's kind of there, uh, I think Benson Henderson, people would say, is on the downswing, and they've yeah. already fought twice. You know, AJ McKee may be there soon. The Pitbull's still the champion. You know, there's there's options for Anthony Pettis if he were to go over there. He's there with his brother. You know, 
Look, I, I've loved him in UFC for sure, but I'm not going to lie to you and say this isn't going to be a real conversation, in my opinion, for Anthony Pettis. Yeah, man, I think it's going to be uh, really deciding how you want, where you want and how you want to finish your career. And um, that's that's a tough question. Yep. But yeah, we'll figure all of that out. Um, Marcin Tabura, another great performance before Ooh, I forget. There are some shockers. Uh, Pani Kianzac uh, against Sarge. Tyler Santos, just one win in UFC, beat uh, Jillian Robertson. I caught that one. It's like, hey, people kind of, you know, the last one, you had a lot of people show up to have some big, make, they made some big moves on the undercard is what I'm getting at. So yeah, there we have it. UFC in the books for 2020 technically there is still rising at the end of the year there is no pfl tournament um next week so do you still get your mma fix yes do you have to work a little harder because ryzen doesn't doesn't exactly have the most u.s friendly broadcast that's also kind of true you kind of got to go <laughs> looking for ryzen you get what i mean yeah um, unless you're over there in which case lucky you those are fun shows um, I wanted to bring this up because the, so guys, we're going to be off next week, you know, holiday vacation for all of us. We will be back in the new year. We'll kick it off with the 2020 award show since there's no MMA yet, but I want to bring this story up because I feel like we're probably not going to get to it as we get the new year rolling. And that is, um, a couple of, uh, you know, popular social media stars are making some big moves. So I'll talk about the most MMA relevant one. Jake Paul is putting all his chips in to get Dylan Dennis to cross over and fight him in some boxing. And Natalie, I don't know about you, but I saw this video. And one, I had some thoughts on the validity. But two, I found it very entertaining. I thought these are exactly the two punks to fight each other in a celebrity boxing match. What did you think about Jake Paul with the water balloons and trying to make this fight happen? Yeah, Punks Punks is right. Look, every time we talk about the Paul brothers, I always feel compelled to end my statement with, but hey, good for them. <laughs> They're making a ton of money, so good for them. Now it's getting a little like, oh, geez, okay. Why are they trying to infiltrate combat sports, and why do I care? Why does it bother me? Why does it make my eyes roll into the back of my head a little bit? At first, it was kind of like, oh, all right, this is, you know, a novelty, and you're fighting other, like, it's like people that I kind of barely know of, meaning the Paul brothers, because it's just not my generation, I guess, fighting other people that I barely know, other YouTubers. So it was like, okay, it's like I can let this live on the periphery and sort of look at it and then move on and go back to looking straight ahead. But now we're getting people from the world MMA and, and boxing that are actual fighters involved and it's kind of rubbing me the wrong way because uh, why you know why I mean I know why of course but why double G why are they doing this? why are they doing this why are they and, and, and they're picking people that that will help uh, propel and perpetuate this nonsense um, so, so I get a little frustrated, but I also don't want to sound like the curmudgeon who's like, uh, leave our sport alone. Back Look, in man. my day. <laughs> yeah, back in my day. Like I literally still to this day 
when I watch MMA, I think like, oh man, you know, my walkout song would be this. And if they let me wear a hat, I would wear this hat. Like I still fantasize, like I still in my mind think that there's a potential future where I could fight in the UFC. I don't know why that still happens to me. So it's so okay like, to have dreams, dude. It's I okay believe in dream, you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so what I'm getting at is that like, well, you know, like I'm some nobody. These guys have made a name for themselves and they're super rich. So why can't they go and freaking throw their hat in the ring and see what happens, right? <laughs> If it's their dream to fight in combat sports and they are working towards it, like making a good faith effort to train with people because they have the money and the access to do so, why can't they? And if they challenge someone like Floyd Mayweather or Dylan Dennis and these guys say yes, why the heck shouldn't they fight? And let's just see what happens, right? So that's where I ultimately end up with it is, you know, it's America. Good for you. God bless you. And yeah, I'll probably watch. So. <laughs> I know people uh, are serious when they call me by my hand. <laughs> um, so I know you have some genuine emotions over there. I do, I do. Um, you know, so my thing that I was reminded of, and I was like, dude, people were doing the celebrity boxing before the social media age. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Jose Canseco, the baseball player, he did celebrity boxing. And they pulled some stuff where, like, he didn't even box. It was, like, his twin brother who ended up walking out there and something happened or something. Wow. Um, Tanya Harding, who you'll remember from a yeah, certain uh, ice skating thing that uh, happened. Um, she did it. And it's like, uh, you, dude, okay, I'll even tell you this. Someone told me that Kim Kardashian did celebrity boxing. And, like, charity, like, someone paid to hit her a few times, you know? Wow. Um, my point being is that this is not an unheard of thing for people. I think the thing that is shocking people is that they are fighting uh, some other well-trained and athletic people. What I will say about the Paul brothers, and I always bring this up, is that they have a fan base that you cannot imagine. Like, you can. You just have to have, you know, people of that demographic most likely in your household. Um, which is, you know, plenty of people do across the world, is that, and legit, I have overheard them, and they'll, they will, they are genuinely excited, and they will talk about Jake Paul boxing another YouTuber, and use that as their basis for the boxing skills that they should have against an actual professional. I know that is not correct, but that is how passionate these fans are. I went to see Logan Paul versus KSI Live. I can tell you that there were plenty of 20-somethings with Logan Paul t-shirts that paid their hard-earned money to watch him box and not do something funny on YouTube, which is he, he is known for. The fact is there's a market there. There's money there. That's why they're doing it. Do I believe Jake Paul actually likes the athletic part of it? Does he like, you know, having an end goal besides having muscles and looking good with his shirt off when he's um, training? I'm sure that's a big part of it, too. Um, does he even really like boxing? I believe him when he says he does. I'll say that. Yeah. I did listen to his interview with Mark Raimondi where he said, I'm already feeling early signs of CTE. <laughs> Excuse me? <clears throat> you fought three YouTubers and you have CTE? That is not a good sign, young man. Um, and it is oh, not Lord. a laughing matter, but when you hear this, you know what you're thinking, right? But, you uh. know... Uh, 
my final point with this is that I found the perfect comparison. You know, Dancing with the Stars? Yeah. A lot, there's a lot of great dancers, right? You, you're surprised how some celebrities, hey, they really can move. They, you yeah, know, yeah. it's fun routines. It's all that good music. Emmett Smith. And yes. Um, and then they have, it's kind of like old American Idol. They have a lot of great singers, but then those auditions are funny because you have some people who, um, you know. Suck. Bra- yeah. Very brave <laughs> of them to do that on national television. Uh-huh. Is the same thing with Dancing with the Stars. People love sometimes these certain celebrities. They go out there and it's just bad dancing, but good entertainment. And quite blunt, bluntly, that is what I feel we are getting when we get a Logan Paul or Jake Paul boxing. It is not beautiful boxing, but it is dang good entertainment. <laughs> and so uh, I'll say this again. Young, y'all go secure the bag if that's what you want to do. But I'm not going to lie and act like I'm about to see some beautiful boxing. I am yeah. ready to see two punks throw hands with Dennis and Paul. Um, Logan Paul will have 50 pounds on Floyd Mayweather, roughly, when they box uh, roughly about two, about two months from now. So, you know what? As long as it's entertaining... There's a market for it. Far be it from me to stop you guys from criticizing you guys for making money. Because I know people want to see you guys do it. And to be honest, part of me wants to see you guys do it too with the right people in front of you. Look, I've never in my life since watching boxing rooted for Floyd Mayweather. In fact, I always tuned in, well, to see a good fight, but always tuned in in the hopes that whoever he was fighting would beat the crap out of him. No offense to Mr. Mayweather. But I'm just not a fan. This is the only time where I'm truly rooting for him. And even though there is such a size difference, weight difference, like the levels are so vast. You know Mayweather's just going to get in there and make quick work of it. Now, especially as this guy's already talking about CTE. Um, so, I mean, I, I want to see that. You know, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I almost bought the pay-per-view um, whenever they announced it. Like I was in bed. And I was like, that, and looking at my phone, $24.99, no skin <laughs> off my nose. But they asked me for my credit card number, like they didn't have PayPal or anything. So I was like, ah, forget it. I'll do it later. Or maybe I won't. I don't know. I mean, I could get you that for Christmas if you really want it. <laughs> yeah, man. I won't get it when the price goes up. But have yeah. they hit their million yet? Because if it's past $24.99, I don't know if I'm in. <laughs> uh, low key, we ch- uh, I checked the website ahead of our show. I believe it is still at $24.99. Hey, okay. then Merry Christmas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I will say this. I found it was genius. When I think about um, I believe the median price for a lot of the Logan Paul tickets were about under 80. Probably like the regular nosebleeds are under 50. Under So my point is for a live event, that is very affordable. I'll tell you what, you ain't going to get a UFC ticket for under 50. Even if you don't know anybody on the card. I'll yeah. say that right now. I thought about their fan base and I thought about, okay, at twenty four ninety nine, young people spending their money, young people asking for a Logan Paul pay-per-view for Christmas, they're going to move some units. Yeah. They are going to move numbers at that price with ahead of the holiday season. And if you've already sold a hundred uh, a million pay-per-views, then really you don't, you know, you can afford to at that point 
boost the price because now people are really fired up about it. So when I saw that, I thought, you know what? That is 2020 digital age marketing genius. They know they know exactly how to get those people at the right points, the right audience, because let's be honest, you know, a lot of people by the time it gets there, there's going to be that door price of 70 bucks. But, you know, for the people that they are trying to hook a lot of, I believe, the Logan Paul fans. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of them at twenty four ninety nine. I'll tell you that right now. Um, Yeah, it's just, uh, you know what, like I said, the right personalities. Uh, final note, because I want us to enjoy um, the season of giving. Um, <laughs> which is not Thanksgiving, ironically. <laughs> um, uh, the Jake Paul Dylan Dennis, for one, you know, it's like he threw some water balloons, guys. That is about as look. I'm aware that they are both. I I know Jake Paul is certainly younger than I, but I I realized or I forgot like Dylan Dennis is also, um, and I'm not an old person, but <laughs> you know, um, my point is that I saw the video. Brendan Schaub somehow has the camera rolling at the right time to catch both Dylan and Jake in his truck. Um, do I think that they were in on it? I that is my leading theory. That they kind of DM'd each other and said, hey, bro, just let's just make it look good, but don't mess up my car. Do wow. I think that happened? I did notice that Brendan Chubb talked to Logan Paul recently. Do I think that they could have also had a conversation? Hey, Logan, you know, we're going to have Dylan here next Tuesday and blah, blah, blah. If you guys want to come through, just let me know so I can make sure the camera guy's ready. Just don't do anything illegal. And they're like, oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. That's also very possible. But do I think that just randomly he was, uh, you know, lurking on Dylan or Brendan's social media and realized he was going to be there? Absolutely not. There's no way that was a coincidence. Yeah, that's a fair point because the camera work. It's too good. If you, it's too good. Yeah. If you if you think you're being attacked and you're a camera guy, you're probably going to like want to protect yourself first. Not be like, oh, let me let me aim my camera at this attack, especially in these days, in this time. So yeah, the counter work is too good. That's kind of a definitely a head scratcher when you think about it that way. Um, but uh, it's so so cheesy, man. Like, come on. Do, do you think that Jake and Dylan were in on it, or do you think that Brendan Shaw facilitated it? Probably all of them. I mean, now that you're opening my mind to like processing. <laughs> like, yeah, the counter work was too good. They probably were all in on it. That's dumb, man. That's weak. That's weak. But, okay, hold on. What do you want them to do? The... Throw a dolly through a window? Yeah, throw a dolly through a window. <laughs> Jake Paul is the guy who fought Nate Robinson, right? Yep. And and who, after after he won, was talking to Jim Gray and saying that he broke his nose four weeks prior to the fight because he was practicing. He didn't say it, but it was that Wim Hof breathing where you do like rapid in and yeah. out breathing. And he like just went unconscious and fell forward and hit his nose on the concrete. That's ridiculous. Like someone who does that, I mean, <laughs> why are we? I'm just getting frustrated, man, because he's such a dork. I don't know enough about him, but like what I've seen, the guy's a big dork. But look, he is in he's in good shape. He's seemingly committed to to the sweet science. Yeah, to the sweet science in the lane. 
that he can occupy it in, you know, because he can only He's only ever fought so YouTubers far. or yeah. non-boxers. <laughs> and, you know, Dylan Dennis is an MMA fighter, but we all know that the striking is, you know, secondary to his game. Um, what I was curious about is, like, Conor McGregor didn't say anything, right? Like, does that mean that he's not even paying attention? Does that mean he's not friends with Dylan Dennis anymore as close as they were before? Or does that mean that he learned his lesson and isn't going to get in the mix? Like, there's too much on the line. He doesn't want to jeopardize his fight with Poirier and, you know, do anything stupid. But I, I, did I think, think that Connor knows clout chasing when he sees it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, real quick, uh, does Jake Paul Dennis make it to the Logan Paul Mayweather pay-per-view? Yes. Yes. I think that that very few. That's just a home run. That's a yeah. that's a softball right there. It's easy. They set it up. Boom. I mean, like that's all you need to do. Throw a water balloon. Boom. Yep. (sighs) I want to talk about some stuff we want to give to other people. (laughs) Natalie, go ahead and pick somebody from the list. So here's the way it works. It is time for the annual um, gift giving segment of the show. We pick some of our favorite fighters. We pick a lot of, uh, you know, we try to mix up the list. So it's not just, oh, all the UFC champions get something. Um, but Natalie and I pick a few people. Natalie, go ahead and give us the first person on, you know what, pick either from my list or your list. Oh, okay. I can pick one of yours and then you tell us what you, uh... Yes, we'll both select a gift for that fighter. Okay, let's hear your, I would like to hear your gift for Tracy Cortez. Okay, so I want to pick someone probably off the beaten path from the champions. Tracy Cortez... Fan favorite, uh, got back in the octagon this year. You know what, Tracy, uh, similar to Rachel Ostovich, very big social media following. Um, She kicks butt in the cage, but she's also, I I watched James Lynch video, several fighters picked her as the sexiest one in the (laughs) UFC. I'm going to say Tracy Cortez likes keeping her Instagram game up. I think that she would really appreciate like a gift certificate from Sephora, from Mac, somewhere big with good makeup. That way she can keep uh, keep putting good stuff out there and feeling like she looks great. So Tracy Cortez, Merry Christmas. You are getting a gift certificate to Sephora. I like it. I like that you're saying gift certificate too, because that's a... A gift that's card old. just sounds <laughs> like I didn't care and I do. <laughs> Yes, and you're gonna make it a big certificate, like the kind you can frame, you know, those big ones. Exactly. Like a, you know, like an award of excellence gift certificate. I like it. Okay. Well, how much? How much was the dollar amount? You know, because that's most expensive. Don't ask me that. You know what? Because it's Christmas. Um, as much as she needs. Okay. Yeah, we're we're, we're living in a fantasy world where Santa baby over here. Okay. Yeah. We're living in a fantasy world where I have a lot of money. How about that's that? That's funny. All right. Okay. Who you got for me? No, you got to get pick some for Tracy, too. Oh, I have to pick something for her, too? Yes. Oh, I thought it was just on her own. No, okay. no, 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 no. Oh, well. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, for Tracy Cortez. Well, since um, you want her to look good in makeup. I'm, just, I'm not saying I want her to look good. That's creepy. I'm just saying I feel like she's someone who likes to look good. So I'm helping with that. Okay. <laughs> I will be um, more um, uh, practical in a different way. And I, I'm going to say that she probably um, would appreciate 
just like everybody else would at this time uh, in this year, some toilet paper. So I'm going to give her a Charmin pack of toilet paper because everybody poops. I'm going to definitely tag her in this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I would like to hear you. So we just saw him, uh, yesterday. Cheeto Vera, what were your... First off, why did you pick Cheeto and what are you getting him for Christmas? So a couple of reasons. Um, he's Ecuadorian, right? He's Ecuadorian, right? <laughs> I thought before yes, I get that yes. wrong. Okay. Uh, I'm Peruvian. Peru and Ecuador are sort of like, you know, well, frenemies, you know? We live, we're in the same continent, but it's kind of like we're neighbors, but we don't really like each other, but we don't hate each other. So... Uh, because of his, uh, he really won me over with his, uh, with his hand gestures there. I thought that was pretty hilarious. I appreciate it because if I was a fighter, that's how I would feel too. Even though the correct answer would be like, try to get out of this hold. I would be like, come on, bro. You're seriously going to keep me in this position for the whole round. So I would like to treat him to a really nice Peruvian dinner where we could just hang out, have some, uh, have some, uh, uh, Cristal Peruvian beer or some Pisco Sours. And just get to know each other because he seems like a super cool dude, super chill. I love the way he talks. I love the way he uses uh, curse words. You know, it's not his, it's his second language, but I love the way he uses them um, in English. It's just, uh, it just reminds me of like, just a really cool, like dude from the neighborhood. So I would like to hang out with him and buy him a Peruvian dinner. I'm going to get Cheeto some hair dye. <laughs> because he he told me, you know, he likes to change it up. He told me he does it more because he's like, I don't got time to do anything except bleach my hair and get new tattoos in the pandemic. So I was like, you know what? I can help you with that. <laughs> um, Cheeto, he seems like a cool dude. Seems like a guy who appreciates a practical gift. So, you know, some hair dye for Cheeto. Okay. Are uh, you going to color? You know what? Uh, something I know he'll use that just the yellow, the yellow. regular bleach. That's fair. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Next, I'm gonna go with uh, Mr. Someone from my list, Mr. Leota Machida. Uh, dream, the dreamy dragon. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so this one, you know, he might not enjoy the gift, but I would give him a picture of my son Joe. And thank him. he could be yours. <laughs> no, thank him for the parental advice that he gave me when I got had the privilege of interviewing him uh, last year, or I guess the beginning of this year. When was that? Now I can't remember. Double G. Yes, last year, last, last last year? summer, last yeah, summer. Okay. <laughs> when I had the privilege of talking to him, and he gave me nice parent, parental advice, so I would give him a picture of my son Joe and say thank you. That's it. He would probably give it back to me but my son is really cute so he might at least <laughs> take it with him and then throw it away after he you know, here's a left future, the room. here's a future membership to machida karate yeah um, that would be great i would you know what i feel like leoto's a guy uh, very big on tradition very big on a lot of that stuff um i think that he would appreciate so a nice custom picture frame like nice wood and then, you know, I know he's uh, both Brazilian and Japanese, so I would have, like, in Portuguese on top, family, in Japanese, the same thing. And so, you know, he's got his brother and his father, and, you know, I know he's a family man, so, you know, a nice family photo 
for his heritage. I think he would like something like that, you know? I think I would get something like that for Leota. That's cool. Very, very traditional. I like it. Um, I would like to know what you would like to get for someone on my list, Wei Li Zhang, UFC oh. strawweight champion. Oh, it's a good one. I would give her like really nice hand lotion and those like gloves. Not because I've looked at her hands and I think she needs them, but I see her videos of her punching like pipes and wood. I mean, she's always punching something crazy. <laughs> She's doing that like short range, like Kill Bill trapped in a coffin punch, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, just take care of your hands. So some nice like O'Keefe's hand lotion for the working working man or woman and some nice cotton gloves that she could use at night. You're supposed to put the lotion on, put sleep with the gloves on, keeps your hands nice and supple. Listen, in COVID times, uh, I have washed my hands as everybody has a hundred million times and I like have mummy hands now. So especially if you're a fighter i protect that skin, baby. So hopefully hopefully she'll appreciate it. What about you? You know what? So I know she's a big Tom Brady fan. And Tom obviously is playing for a team that's not New England anymore. You know what? She's a busy person. Um, I was about to say, I don't know that she's gotten a New Jersey shipped. And then I remembered 99% of those are made in China. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that, you know what? Because we're living in a dream world where I can afford custom picture frames and expensive gift certificates, I'm going to get Wei Li a personalized, autographed Tampa Bay Tom Brady jersey for her Ooh, favorite player. Ooh, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I know he's there, but yeah. You wouldn't go like, you know, Patriots. You would go where the man is now. Well, I figure, you know, she's like, um, what's it called? Uh, I feel like she's a ride or die with her favorite player. Her, yeah. Like she's she's about the player. Um, not that she doesn't like the team, but it's about supporting her bro. You know, her yeah, her yeah. Buddy. I mean, you see Dana White wearing the the Bucks t shirt too. So yeah, yeah you sense. know, and she, she's uh, he's shouted her out. So yeah, that was my idea for Wei Li. Okay. Um, let's stick with the girls. Roxanne Modafferi on your list. What do you got All right. for? Her? She's Roxy. so much fun happy warrior right and she likes anime and i'll admit that i haven't seen probably most or none of i have not seen of most or none of the um the anime she's she's into but i have seen one uh it's a series called initial d and it's about um uh tokyo like drift car racers and um it's really super super cool i kind of feel like she probably hasn't seen it yet so I would give her a DVD set or I don't think you can buy it digitally. Like you can stream it, but I don't think you can buy, like can download digitally yet. Um, so I'd probably have to give her a DVD or Blu-ray of it, of Initial D. Uh, I think she would enjoy it. It's super cool. My husband got me into it and he likes a bunch of Japanese cars and stuff. And it's it's based on like an actual maga, um, manga, not manga, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I have manga in my head because of a... There's been a lot of political TV of- this year. It's okay. Yeah. A manga of Initial D. So that's what I would give her. I think she would enjoy it. You know what? I would I would actually get her like a Barnes & Noble gift card. But I would see if I could get it. Because you know sometimes it has the different books. I think that it would be good um, 
together something that way she could get just like all the graphic novels and stuff that she wants you know what i mean yeah so i mean you can't go wrong with gift cards man i i think that that's um that's gonna be the best idea is that get her something like that i think that she'd appreciate it and if you know rather than try to specify maybe she's read it maybe she hasn't she'll for sure be able to get something she hasn't there you go Okay, moving along, moving along. Let us see. How about, you know what? What do you got for my guy, Kevin Holland? Oh, boy. This is a tough one. Um, I actually have no idea what to give him, like, specific to who he is. But, hey, you know, everyone's been, been real in this year. So I'll give Mr. Holland, Mr. Trailblazer, I would give him an Amazon.com gift card. I mean, <laughs> the guy's got a, you can buy some hand sanitizer, you can buy some masks, you can buy cookies, you can buy boxing gloves. I mean, you can buy anything on Amazon. You can buy books. You know what I'm saying? You can buy anything. So that's what I would give him. What about you? You know what? I He's got a lot of money this year. He got a lot of bonuses. What I'm going to get him... I'm going to get him like a year of a free car wash, like a certificate. Like he gets certain per month because I know he loves his car. I saw that on the embedded. I think that he's a guy who's like, you know what? What do I get? The guy who's got everything, the thing that helps him enjoy his everything even more. So, you know, like a bunch of free car washes at his local place for the year. Oh, that's nice. That's very helpful. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, dude, uh, five fights in seven months? Yeah, he he, uh, <laughs> he needs a nice body pillow and some slippers and uh, a subscription to Netflix so he can just relax. You know what? I think he's the kind of guy, He like, he's already back in the gym. Probably. <laughs> All right, mm. who's next? Who's next? Uh, let's do Jan Blahovitz. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Mr. Champion, I would give him a nice fresh pack of microfiber uh, cloths. Microfiber cloths so he can uh, keep his his belt shiny and clean. They're Just perfect. that? That's it. That's all he needs for me. <laughs> he got the belt. He don't need anything else. <laughs> you a know pack. what? I, like a 10 pack. I've thought about this. When he did like the video about Arasanya, he was like out fishing on a pond. I felt like, you know, okay. Jan, it's, it's cold, man. What are you thinking? So I thought, okay, get him like a nice winter coat, you know, mm. chill, plaid, very rustic, you know, some that if he's fishing or whatever out on the, on the water, just cozy. Then I remembered, if I'm not mistaken, he just had a baby daughter. Congratulations. Um, so I thought, you know what? He's all about the legendary Polish power. A nice, soft little pillow, all white, and embroidered on it, it says, legendary Polish baby. Oh, that's Boom. great. There you go. I feel like he's the kind of guy he'd appreciate that. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about this one. All right, who else you got? Uh, okay, only person left here, I think, is Mr. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Oh my gosh, where do you get a guy who just got, the, you know, the big win? Well, I'll tell you what, what I'll get him. Um, I'll give him one hour 
of my time so that he can teach me karate. That's what I'll give him. That's that's it. That's all I got. He's so nice. He wouldn't say no. Did you see how disarming he was in his fight with all the high fives and the fist bumps and, hey, man, are you okay? Like, how much do you think that played into his victory? The way he's just so damn nmf right <laughs> was it brandon who said like he hit him to the body and as jeff was moving away he was like are you all right and i'm like yes. are you kidding me <laughs> like this guy he's not gonna say no if i say look my gift is an hour of my time so you can teach me karate he'll be like okay let's go baby <laughs> and there we go you know what i oh wonder boy wonder boy what do i get you you know what I think that he's going to have to tap into, you know, we can't, he can't be Wonder Boy if he rematches Jorge. We need Stephen Thompson. So I'm going to get him like a book of insults. Oh, that's a great one. So he's got some stuff, you know? Dude, that's really Ammunition. (laughs) You should, um, you should like buy one. And then when you interview him, say like, look. I've got a couple of insults here for you that I think would come in handy when you uh, when you fight, um, you know, whoever he's fighting next or Jorge Mazadal or whatever. Dude, that's a great idea. He would uh, he would get a kick out of that. I mean, what can I say? You could call me Gabriel Claus. <laughs> Gabriel Claus. No, no, don't ever say it like that. Oh, Is that like was that, that a bad nickname yeah, that you had? Gabe? Yeah, okay. No, no. <laughs> Sorry, no. Gabriel Claus. <laughs> That's like the emoji with the yellow face barfing up. Oh, oh Lord, okay. Yeah. Take it back, everybody. Take it like back. when people call me Gabe, it's like, oh, like who are you talking to? Because that sure as heck ain't me. <laughs> You're talking to someone. That's somebody I don't know, but I, I know that's not me when you say it. Um, yeah, you definitely don't look like a Gabe. You Thank look you. like Gabriel and you look like a double G, but you don't look like a Gabe, so I hear you on that. You know what? I... I've been trying to tell people. <laughs> anyway, um, that's it. I think that we've um, we're gonna make some fighters very happy. Um, I think Tracy Cortez will, you know, rethink how much money she puts on your gift card when she receives her toilet paper. But um, <laughs> you know what? I hope that she's still a friend of MMA Daily when you know she's like, oh, perfect makeup. Anyway, but um. <laughs> You know what? It was a fun segment. It's always good to unwind. Uh, Guys, that is literally it for 2020. Natalie, I wanted to bring something up. Okay. And I did not realize it until it was too late. And I felt it would be wrong to bring it up with uh, someone who's a guest host. And not that, um, by the way, Farah, amazing work last week. And I appreciate you being on. But... We are officially a hundred episodes. Tonight's episode is a hundred and one episodes of MMA Daily. Wowzers, that's amazing, man. Yes. So I felt like, you know what? I want to acknowledge it. I want to acknowledge we've done a ton of shows. Um, I want to acknowledge um, Kayla Beatty still supports the show for people who wonder, uh, my old co-host and um yeah, if you guys remember then, we did a lot of shows back then. Uh, we're doing a lot of shows now. We've had guests come on and chat with us about MMA. So I just find it to be, um, you know what? 
I thought about it and I was like, you know what? That's a lot of events. I think that we've officially reached the point that this is not a hobby. This is part of the job and the routine. And I'm just very happy about it, Natalie. And so I just wanted to acknowledge that before we sign off for 2020 and take our vacation. Yeah, man, that's that's amazing news. And uh, way to go, MMA Daily. Woohoo! So, guys... We will be taking next week off. Like I said, I think um, everybody enjoy your holidays. We will be back first week of January. We will have the 2020 award show, knockout of the year, fighter of the year, submission, fight, news story, breakthrough fighter, upset of the year. All of the best categories will look back on an amazing year inside the cage. Um, and guys, just really looking forward to that one. Natalie, Merry Christmas. Have a great one. I hope it just brings you all the peace and we get to chill out a little bit at the end of this crazy year, you know? Yeah, man. Same to you. Merry Christmas. And I mean, let's, let's, let's squeeze as much juice out of the, uh, the rest of 2020 as we can, you know, make the most of it. It's not what we expected, but hey, man, we're still here. We're still rocking and rolling. Merry Christmas, man. Likewise. Thank you, everyone. Have a happy holiday and take care. We'll see you in the new year.